this time. Thanks, band. Thank you for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Well, good morning, family. It is good to see you, and it is glad, I'm glad to be here with you. And I was talking with my husband, Tim, the other day, and we were reflecting, and Skimmy, as I call him, and I have been here for 35 years. 35 years we have been hanging out with the people of God here at Stones Hill. And it is a wonderful place to raise a family. Um, we've raised four kids here. Um, all six of us in our family have been baptized here. Um, we've had weddings here. And now we have grandchildren here with us. And I just share that with you because Jesus Christ is so faithful. I'm overcome by the faithfulness of him, of the family of God, the friends that you are and the, the joys and the challenges that we have together. Um, life on this earth is a journey and it's, it's a journey of faith. It's a journey of trusting Christ and believing what he says. And so I just wanted to let you know today that I, I'm along the journey with you and I just was amazed when I thought how old I'm getting to be. <laughs> but God is good in that, you know, because we feel really young in our spirit, don't we, as get older in Christ. So um, we're glad that you're here. And we have two goals this morning that we're going to touch base on, two goals. Um, the first goal is um, you want to be encouraged. I want to encourage you to trust Christ alone as your king. Trust Christ alone as your king. Secondly, um, with that first um, goal, I want you to hope in his kingdom, and I want you to believe his authority. So that first goal is to um, trust Christ alone, his kingdom, his authority. Then our second goal this morning is going to be to um, think differently. I'm going to challenge you to think differently this morning. Um, I want you to be thinking more about what Christ is doing within you and his kingdom within you more than what's going on in your life and your surroundings. And I really believe that if we um, fix our eyes on Jesus, get our eyes off of our circumstances, we will be able to stand strong against the devil's schemes in our life. And that's the goal um, for all of our lives as we journey with Christ. And so um, let's go ahead and go to prayer right off the bat and ask the Father to help us see and hear him today. Heavenly Father, we do come to you with um, thankful, joyful, mercies are new every morning thoughts. We're thankful for family. We're thankful for our immediate family that we live with at home. We're thankful for our um, family of God here at Stones Hill. Lord, you are faithful. And today, our time together wants to lift you up. We want to see you more and want to, to be strengthened in our faith. So we just give you glory before it even all happens, because you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. And um, where we're going to go this morning is this. This is what we're going to do, two different things as we move forward. I'm going to first read to you a bunch of scripture about the kingdom of heaven, and then I'm going to read scripture to you about the king himself. So that'll be our first focus. And then our second focus um, to go along with those goals is we're going to um, be looking at the schemes of the enemy and what he brings against you and how we can stand strong against that, okay? Think that sounds all right? So let's go that way. We're going to start out by, um, I just want you to just sit back 
and let the Spirit talk to you because I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you. And I just want you to let it flow over you as we focus on, first of all, kingdom and then on the king. Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Our Father who is in heaven, honor be to your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Jesus said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. The kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus replied, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, Here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now, my kingdom is from another place. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. The scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. His kingdom will never end. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. He rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. And therefore, since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably, acceptably and with reverence and awe. Now, as you could tell, those were all over the scripture, but wanted to get a kingdom mindset as we shift now to scripture about the king. The king. Jesus, he went to Nazareth where he was brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, and as it was his custom, he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up that scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, today, almost 2,000 years ago, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Yay, does that not make you want to do the happy dance? We got to be, that's excited. That is a powerful truth. And then, as he shared that with his disciples over 2,000 years ago, um, you know, they were working through it all. And they were wondering about it. And some ask, and this is just an example of John the Baptist who was actually put into prison um, for um, his preaching. And this comes from another part of scripture. It says, when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, or the king, the Christ, he sent to his disciples to ask them, and he asked them to ask Christ, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? So his followers asked, and then Jesus Christ re-proclaimed why he's here. And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind will receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. That is just life-changing. And what's so cool about the internal kingdom of God and everything that I just shared with you and what Christ just said there is it is an internal kingdom. So when he said, the blind receive sight, obviously not everyone who's blind ever received their sight, but children... Jesus performed an external miracle to show us what the kingdom of heaven is like. So the blind receive sight means that from now on, we can see God. We can see him in our spirit. We can see him in his kingdom. And then he says, the lame can walk. And he did heal someone that was lame. And in, in the physical, sometimes the lame are healed. But he was speaking of the internal. Because when the lame can walk, you can walk with God. Okay, you can walk with him. And then it says, those who have leprosy are cleansed. Lepers were shamed and outcast, and in the kingdom of God, you are welcomed. There is no more shame. It's internal. It's not external. It said the deaf can hear, so you have the privilege of being able to hear your God. The dead are raised. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. Because he just said the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor, which means the bad news is overcome right? The good news is preached to the poor. The bad news overcomes it. And we are rich because of the great inheritance of the kingdom. But what kind of strikes me about that scripture is at the end of it, Jesus said, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And when I look at that, I really think Jesus was thinking differently. I think he was saying, repent, because it isn't what you think it's going to be. He was saying to the Pharisees and his followers, it's not going to be external. I'm not going to overthrow Rome. I'm not going to set myself up as king right now. It's different. Think differently and see differently. And as we move forward today, that, that's our goal. We want to see and think differently. And so I'm just going to show you a silly little picture here real quick. Everybody glance up here and look at the picture on the screen. Now, this has been around a while. Maybe you've seen it before. But when you look at that picture, what do you see? I'll let you think about it for just a little bit. 
Do you see an old woman? Or do you see a young girl? Well, you can see both. Okay, so, so if you look at it closely, you will see an older woman, and then you'll see a younger woman. And I think when Jesus stepped on this earth, he said, think different. See it different. The old, when we see the old woman, the old is what you do, what you did, and how you got to God. The new is what Christ did and what Christ is doing. And you're right, we can see both because right now we live in a world full of the externals. Lots going on in our world. A lot's going maybe on in our own family lives. So when we look, we can see them both. But today, what we're going to talk about is that the fact that his kingdom and the fact that Christ is king is where we want our focus to be. Does that make sense to you? Are you following me on that? We want to look at the new. The new is what Christ did and what Christ did for us. So thank you. I appreciate that. And did everybody get to see it? I hope you did get to see it. Sometimes I really have to look at it a while to see the new girl. But anyways, um, moving on, what we're going to again talk about is the kingdom um, journey on this life is a journey of choice. You have choice. I have choice. Do I believe Christ? Do you believe Christ or do we not? And I want to tell you, when Christ followers do not believe Christ, they get wore out. When you don't believe Christ, you get wore out. If you believe a devil said over a Christ said, you're going to get beat up by the enemy. I'm going to get beat up by the enemy. Daniel said it this way in the Old Testament. It says, he, meaning the enemy, which could be Satan. I mean, it's anything that he, he thinks about, his thought process, um, and just the Antichrist world. It says, the enemy shall speak words against the Most High, and he will oppress his holy people. Did you hear that? So the devil said he will speak words against the most high and it will oppress the holy people. So when you believe a devil said, it gets heavy. And quite honestly, this is a little strong, but we become antichrist. Now, a lot of us think of the antichrist as a person and very well, maybe someday, but antichrist is a spirit. And an antichrist is anything that opposes Christ. So if we are in our life and um, we're believing our own thoughts and what we think, or we're believing a devil said, I mean, even as followers in Christ, in some ways we are anti-Christ. Are you following me on that? And so that's where, as we move forward, we want to guard against that. And I'm going to give you a couple examples here about that, how it might work out in your life or my life. And the first one was in Scripture. Um, on two different occasions, Peter, who's one of the disciples, had conversations with Jesus Christ. And in the first conversation, Jesus asked him, who do you say I am? And on that one, Peter had spiritual thoughts rolling because he said, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. He had a spiritual revelation. He knew who Christ was. And Jesus said, spirit taught you that, Peter. Good job. You, he is the king now. But it was funny, on another occasion, he and Peter were having a conversation. And this time, the conversation was about his plan and his kingdom. And Christ was telling his followers how he must suffer 
have pain, die, and then rise again. And Peter's, oh, no, 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 Lord, that can't happen that way. And some of you may be familiar what Christ said to Peter on that day. Get behind me, Satan. You have in mind the thoughts of God, or excuse me, not of God. You do not have the thoughts of God. You have the merely human thoughts. Let me read that so I don't botch it again. It says, you don't have in mind God's thoughts, but merely human thoughts. So here he is, a follower of Christ. And in one moment, he's got spiritual thoughts coming out and his mouth proclaims it. And then he's got um, human-centered, I'm going to protect my Savior thoughts coming in his mind. And he speaks that out. And Jesus rebuked him for that. So why I'm sharing that is because we're all um, open to that temptation to believe a devil said over a um, Christ said. And I'm just going to give you an example of my life. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's pretty ugly. But one day, um, my husband, Tim, Skimmy, he had a truck and he had some brake problems um, going on with his truck. And so when he would drive, he didn't have any brakes. And he did something really simple. He said, Debbie, follow me. We're going over to Keith's in Kimmel. And I just want you to follow me with your flashers on so that you'll be right behind me and get safely to Keith so he can fix the brakes. So I said, okay. So I got in the car and I was looking around for the um, flashers because our car was relatively new and actually I hadn't used the flashers yet and I couldn't find them. It took me forever. So I was looking and looking and looking. And in the meantime, my husband took off in the truck. And it's like, I looked in the mirror and it's like, where'd he go? He told me to follow him and he left. I can't see him. He has no brakes. And I instantly got ticked. I'm just being honest. I got ticked. And so I finally found him. I pulled out because I, I was going to follow him. And I thought I knew the way he was going and I couldn't see him. He was already ahead of me. And as I turned the corner, I saw him ahead of me and he was turning left on Emmert's Road, down where Mindy lives and, and down around the, that area. And it's like, he's turning left. What is he turning left for? Because I was supposed to be following. Remember, he has what? No brakes. So I'm following him and we go down that road and we go to Kimmel like this. Roads, turns, hills. And I'm thinking, what is he doing? He has no brakes. He's going on curves. He's going up hills. And again, if Jesus would have been with me, he would have said, ah, girl, Satan, get behind me because I was ticked. Because I thought I wanted to protect him. He was afraid. He asked me to follow him, kind of like Peter with Jesus. Like, how can I follow you and protect you if I can't understand the way you're going? And so I'm fuming. You don't do that though, right? None of you do that, but I was fuming. And followed him. We made, we made it to Kimmel by the grace of God. We pulled into Keese and he got in the car with me and I was just still ticked. I was fuming. I didn't say anything. And we were driving and because you know, this was his route. And you know what my route was? 33 Kimmel. I mean, I knew it was a main road, but if he went slow and I had on my flashers, boom, boom, there. Okay. Tim's way, Debbie's way. And it was stewing. Got home, walked in the bedroom. And again, this is ugly. But I looked at him and I said, what in the heck were you doing? I would not have gone that way in a hundred million years. Okay? A hundred million years. 
And my husband, bless his heart, he was so peaceful. He was so calm. And he looked at me and he goes, well, I guess you learned something today. <laughs> what is wrong with me? God's ways are not our ways. The externals are not going to be what we thought it would be. That was a very humbling, eye-opening turning point in my life. And I was pretty old in the faith even then. But what my husband said to me is true. I can get up. You learned something today. And we have got to be open to that. It is not what we thought it would be. It's not how we thought it would go. Thanks, honey. He's good in my life. I'm thankful for him. And so as you move forward in your journey, just be open to Christ working differently than you think. He works in the externals to strengthen the internal kingdom of God. And so with that said, let's just touch base quickly on three areas where the enemy can tempt us um, to um, take our eyes off Christ as king, off the hope of his kingdom and of his authority. And there, and there may be more, but there are gonna be three areas that we're gonna touch base on this morning. And it comes from Paul. Paul had written the statement to the Romans, and I think it's a good place for us to start. And this one actually is in Romans 14, 17, and it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, externals of what we do. And yeah, we have faith expressing itself in love, but you know where I'm going with this. So the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to do now is actually something a little bit different. Um, we're going to um, just briefly mention what the attack could look like. And then we're actually just going to close our eyes and let the Spirit of Christ speak to us. Okay? So we're going to do that three different times. Just want to give you a heads up on that. So... The first area that the attacks of the enemy could come in your life is in the area of righteousness. And let me share with you what they might look like. It says, the attacks come at you for who you are and what you've done. Accusation, condemnation, shame, feelings of worthlessness. Most of the lies triggered, are, most of these lies are triggered from the past and what others say about you. Okay? You feel like a loser in your spirit. Okay, there, there's a heaviness there. All right, so I'm just going to ask you, and you can keep your eyes open and you can talk to Christ however you want. But what I'm going to do is in response to that, I'm going to share a scripture with you about what Christ says and then I'm, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray for me, okay? So righteousness, I have two questions for you as you're reflecting. Have you gotten, forgotten that you're forgiven? Have you forgotten that you're forgiven? Are you going to let the enemy keep torturing you? This is what scripture says. And I want to pray this over you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, let's pray to that. Father, thank you for the righteousness in Christ. We give you glory. We give you glory. You are the righteous one. The new is here. We believe it. And we pray right now for one another, for the family of God here. May we stand strong against the devil's schemes in this area. May we daily eat of your forgiveness and daily drink of your life so that we will stand strong against that devil's schemes as I shared and be light in spirit because we know that there's no condemnation and the righteousness of Christ is in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the second thing we're going to pray over as a family is about peace. This is how the attacks of the enemy will come at you in the area of peace. They usually come at the point of a choice or a decision in your life. You have fear, you have anxiety, doubt messes with you. Your life might have a lot of stress and chaos. You believe something bad would happen. You want to run from the pain and your mind feels very confused. When we lose our peace, um, there's a lot of human thoughts going on in there. You really just don't know what to do. And, and one thing about losing our peace is um, our bodies really start to feel it too, tightness and pain. So we really need to think about that in the world that we live in because it is not peaceful out there. And he came to give us peace. So again, just in an attitude of prayer, this morning we just want to meet with him face to face, all of us. And I'm going to ask you a question. Have you forgotten the hope of the gospel? Are you going to keep letting the enemy steal your peace? And Christ speaks directly to that. He says, peace I leave with you, my Stone Hill family. Peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So as we enter into prayer again, Father, we come before you because Christ is the Prince of Peace. Thank you that he's opposite world. Thank you that um, it's opposite of what all the wise and the learned think. That your peace can come in us. That our whole spirit, soul, and body can kept blameless. And that we can walk daily in it. So right now, for all of our friends here and for me, Lord, we believe your peace. You are peace within us. You are the peace. And I pray that there is an awareness within our spirits. That you are alive and well. And you are increasing in peace if we give you permission. So, Lord, we as a family just want to say we rest in your peace today.
We breathe in your peace and we just blow out the lies and confusion of the day. Thank you also that the word reminds us that you're our wonderful counselor, that you're our mighty God, and that you will help us. We're trusting you as we battle peace. Peace. The next one we're going to look at, or the last one in Paul's scripture, was joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. He will definitely try to steal your joy. And do you know why the enemy will try to steal your joy? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And again, if he can wear you out, that's what his desire is. So again, let's talk a little bit about this. If you maybe are struggling um, with a lack of joy in your life, um, they usually can come from maybe a hardship or a painful situation. You feel you have no power to change that external situation. You feel overwhelmed, hopeless. There's some depression, fatigue, and a desire maybe just to quit whatever's going on in our mind. And there is a great sadness in your spirit. And the question I have for all of us today is, are you fixing your eyes on Jesus? He's the author and finisher of your faith. And this is tough because family, you know, when we do have times when we feel anxious and we have times where our peace is stolen, you know, we really wrestle through things. It is only um, God's way of triggering in us an understanding that he wants to increase and he wants us to decrease. Like we said earlier, thoughts of him increase and um, thoughts of ourself and how to protect ourselves decrease. That doesn't necessarily mean the bad, hard things are going to go away. Okay, we have to wrap our mind around that. And this is really powerful because this is from Hebrews. And this is what Christ did. And again, we have to remind ourselves of this because this is what it says. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And again, Christ. For the joy set before Christ, he endured the cross. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So that's everything we just talked about today, okay? He knew the joy was coming. He knew the authority was coming, but he endured the cross. And I tell you again, it's opposite world. And as believers of Christ, there are going to be times where it just doesn't make sense. You know, we just had a very long series about Paul um, sitting in prison cells. Uh, do you think it made sense initially, you know? When things don't make sense in our life, Christ can increase. But I think that we can trust him in that presence, the fact that he is increasing in us. So let's go to prayer on that one too. Wow, Christ, you are just beyond our ability to understand sometimes. The mysteries in Christ are a deep, deep well. And Father, again, we ask that we can embrace Christ's presence in us. The kingdom of God is within us. You have defeated the enemy. The authority is yours. It is within us because you are in us. Greater is the one who is in you, as Christ said, 
than he that is great that is in the world. Thank you, Father, for letting joy be your strength. And, and thank you that it, it allowed Christ as God in the flesh to press through his cross. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That gives us hope that you will press through our crosses with us. Thank you. You are so good. And just as we spent many songs this morning by the band, uh, praising you and lifting you, Lord, help us to remember that praise and thanksgiving enthrones Christ. It enthrones you. It enthrones your kingdom. It keeps our eyes on you as the king, your kingdom and your authority. And Lord, remind us when life hurts and it is hard that complaining enthrones the enemy. That our human thoughts and our minds strengthen the devil said in us, Lord, forgive us. We need you. But the, the great joy is that you told us in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, you've overcome, or I've overcome the world. So we thank you that you've overcome the world. And Lord, as my friends and I again pray on this, increase your joy in us. Increase your joy in us. We set our minds on oneness with Christ. We set our mind on the beauty of his internal kingdom. And Lord, we ask for your continued strength and wisdom to endure painful trials and situations that are wanting to steal from us. Thank you for my friends. And I pray that they do stand strong against the devil's schemes. You know, and as we, you know, pray this way, um, you know, many of you are very athletic and you work out and it doesn't take two days for your body to get buff or even get you ready for a marathon. I mean, does it? So the fact of transforming our minds and like I shared at the very beginning is a journey of a lifetime transforming our minds. And I really encourage you and spur you on to not be discouraged if you're going through a season where you're having to really get trained. You know, Again, God's ways are different than ours. He uses pain and suffering and storms in our life to get us to settle it. That's why he, it keeps coming back. He wants us to pass the test of settling. Uh, it says in Colossians 1.23, continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not removed from the hope of the gospel. Wow. And again, this is kind of ugly, but there was one time when I was really wrestling with Christ and just in a place of complete just humility and, and just a sense of nakedness before him and in his sweet and gentle voice, he said, you came into this world with nothing. You'll go out of this world with nothing. Settle it. He's enough. The joy in the journey is real. Is the storm still there? Absolutely. We can trust him. He can settle it. And it's just um, growing in the faith. It's growing in the faith. Another thing that I love about Christ is he is like the best coach ever. A lot of you are coaches, you know, and in sports or played sports. And he will always 
cause you to practice what you say you believe. You're going to get practice in life. We're going to get practice in life. And the practice is going to come from external things. And the practice is going to come even from the unseen world. Uh, how the enemy attacks us. But you know what? Christ can reign. Do you all want Christ to increase in you? Do you want his love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control to reign? I do. We want his higher love. Now, from here to here, again, it's this way. It's not here to there. I get it, Lord. Today, ding, 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 ding. It, it doesn't happen that way. But he'll walk with us through that. And as Tim and I, you know, have walked in the journey with Christ, we find him to be very, very, very faithful in that. And so that's where I'm at today. Just want to encourage you, trust Christ as king. Have hope in his kingdom and believe his authority in your life. And then think differently. Allow yourself to see things differently. And again, it won't happen overnight. It is a journey. But know that Christ is calling us to repent in the sense that think differently. It's not what you thought it would be. Are you following me? So let's finish up. Um, I want to ask you a few more questions. Um, I want to tell you some quick words um, to a song. Tell you a story. And then we are going to end on singing in Christ alone again. And that will be our prayer. Okay? So I'm actually going to come down here and sit with you. I like to be closer to you. All right, so again, we're just going to ask the Spirit of Christ to increase within us, want His Spirit around us, and I'm going to ask you some more questions. And again, the questions are going to be in the attitude of prayer because He can talk to all of you at once. He doesn't really need me. He can talk to you. And so I want you to listen to Him right now. We're going to ask some questions. Father, we come to you and we ask you to bind the mind blinders right now. Please don't let them speak to the people. I pray that all they can hear is the voice of sweet Jesus in their spirit. And this is the first question I want to ask you and, uh, and me. Will we trust and believe what Christ the King says about you and I? Will we trust and believe Christ's kingdom way is best? Or will we not? Will we trust and believe Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth? And I know... There's another age to come and, and there's eternity, but I'm talking about this age, okay? That we're, we're on this age because that's where we're at in 2021. Father, do we trust and believe the very last thing you said to your disciples? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me.
We are still. We want to know that you're God. Speak to your people. Speak to your sons and daughters. These are the words of part of the song or the lyrics of a Matthew West song called Broken Things. Now I'm just a beggar in the presence of a king. I wish I could bring so much more, but if it's true, You use broken things. I'm all yours. And those are happy tears. Grace is a kingdom with gates open wide. There's a seat at the table just waiting for you to come on inside. And I'm encouraging you as the sons and daughters of Christ Get at that table and stay there. Don't leave. Eat his forgiveness. Drink of his life. And if you are here today and you have not experienced the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ, I encourage you to come into the kingdom as well and acknowledge him as king. Um, Just have hope in his kingdom and believe his authority. And I want to just end with one story about our granddaughter. Um, um, Her name is Nora. And as you get older with, you know, your own kids and then your grandkids, the Lord just really does open heart surgery on you. So when you're in a grandparent stage, he just teaches you things that you were really blinded to, you know, when you were um, raising your own kids. I mean, he's good. I mean, no condemnation. Hey, no condemnation. It's just a journey. And so Nora is our three-year-old granddaughter, and, she, and they live right beside us. Um, we can sit on our front porch and see their house. And her name actually means light, and she does light up really good. But one day I was sitting on the front porch, and she came out her garage door, um, you know, within her garage, she came out, and I was watching her. We, we spy a lot at our house on the grandkids, and they, she was playing outside, and then all of a sudden, she decided she wanted to go back in the house, and this time, she went around the front and went to the front door, and I saw her go up to the front door, and she was trying to open it, and I could tell it was locked, and instantly, just like... let me in. I want to get in. You know, she started to cry. And this is not a diss on her parents. I think they were just someplace else and the door was locked. You know, she she couldn't open it. And I was sitting on the front porch and it's like, Nora. And I jumped up 
And I ran up in our front yard because it was right there. And I said, Nora, I go, Grandma will help you. And she turned around and she came running down, only like Nora can, with this huge smile on her face, these big lit eyes. She came running to me and literally jumped into my arms. And I said, Nora, Grandma will help you open the door. We have got to remember we've been given the keys to the locked doors. And the world is full of people like Nora's who want to get in, but they just don't know how. They're too little, you know, they, they haven't said yes to Christ yet. They don't understand the kingdom yet. And as Christ followers, you know, as we move forward, let's remember the people who don't know Christ yet, who aren't getting in the doors because Christ said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. And that was so heartwarming, and Christ really used that in my life to help me think beyond, um, obviously, the table with our family and all that we love and all of you, but that people really do want to get in the door. So I ask you to keep your eyes open for that, people who are wanting to get in the door and just want someone who says, hey, I'll help you. I love you. And let them come right to you. And it's not about us as Christ, but we are ambassadors. He said we're ambassadors. And so lift them up, love people, and show them the door. You think we can do that together? I think we can. But we'll have to let Christ alone do it in us because it's not a, a human thing. It's kind of a supernatural thing. So thanks for um, just letting me share um, a journey with you today. And you can bank on him. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. He's overcome the world. And what we're going to do now is the band's going to come on back up here, and we're just going to sing in Christ alone as our closing song. And again, just ask the Father to increase that higher love in you. The higher love, it isn't a love that we can do. And then you can stand for this song. You can sit for this song. You can come up and pray for this song. And I think what we will do is when that song is over, then we'll just be dismissed. I actually won't say any more after that. But we'll just use that song as our prayer for your choice to, to follow however he leads you. Um, you are loved. Thanks for letting um, me be humbly in your presence today. Okay, go ahead, Nate.
Be dismissed. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.